have you ever wanted to guest on a podcast like this one that you're listening to right now? Well, you can. You can definitely do this by visiting a website called Podmatch, where you can sign up and be available for all different types of podcasts that you can guest on. Or you can even search for a podcast and say, I want to I want to guest on your podcast. I think we'd be a good match. So if you want to do this, you can go to our unique link, which is joinpodmatch.com forward slash reality. And you can sign up and do exactly that. And you can find us and you can guest on our podcast. So again, that unique link is www.joinpodmatch.com. That's J-O-I-N-P-O-D-M-A-T-C-H.com forward slash reality, R-E-A-L-I-T-E-A. And you can be a guest on our podcast. Welcome to Reality Tea Times 2, the podcast where we discuss all the trash reality TV we love to hate. I'm Janika, and today we're going to be discussing B90. So before we do, um, we don't have any hot goss to discuss right now. We will discuss some stuff, still have to go through some articles that I found, Um and that will be on a, a later episode. So what we do have, though, as we always do, is memes. Meme number one. When you realize you just broke up with the rent money. <laughs> that's not on this episode, obviously, for those who watched. Um, that That's going to be seen in the next time on, but we'll be getting that soon. Um, next. If my man don't sweat buckets and knock over the wine when he proposes, I don't want it. <laughs> uh, next meme. Statler talking about her needing to be with her partner all of the time makes me feel suffocated from here. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about that. Oh, my God. Next. Gina told Jasmine she should get help for her anger issues for the sake of her future relationships. She told him, thank you for your advice, but that's not your problem anymore. He's not wrong. Lord. And next, Sheila was worried the reason David looked so nervous during dinner was because he was going to break up with her. Why would she think such a thing? Anyway. And next... Jasmine said being tied with Gino's family made her feel like she was just an average relative to him, that she didn't want to have the same relevance as a cousin or uncle. Wow. Next, it makes my skin crawl how quickly Christian turns the table on Cleo, making her apologize for asking him about hitting on other women. This is emotional abuse. This is gaslighting. Um, yeah. So that's it for the 
B90 memes for this week. So we're going to jump into the reason that we are here. B90, season six, episode 14, Dirty Dancing, my favorite movie. I love this movie so much. Rest in peace, Patrick Swayze. Anyway, let's let's go on. The first couple we're going to talk about is Misha and Nicola. So we hear someone singing Ave Maria. And for those who didn't watch the episode and for those who have never attended a Catholic church, it's literally like Ave, Ave, Ave Maria. And I've been instantly just got triggered. And I'm like, ooh, I know. Yeah, this was my life. first 18 years of it. Um, So we see that they're at church and we find out here that she's going to be leaving in five days. Um, They do like the, I think it's called genuflect when you come out the pew and you do the, you bend down and you do the sign of the cross. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. (laughs) Couldn't, could, could not, could never not. Because I remember, like, I don't know if I ever never did it. I might have gotten a little more rebellious um, in, like, eighth grade. Again, it was very different in high school. Um, different setting. We weren't actually in church or anything like that. But we would actually go to a church in elementary. Um, but there are definitely people who wouldn't genuflect on the way out. And you would have teachers be like, nope, nope, come back. Do it. And <laughs> Uh, anyway, um, so they're going to be going to the Dead Sea, and I actually learned something here. I didn't know this, so thank you, Nicola, for educating me a little bit here. Um, I do know the story, but I don't know that this was the place. Um, so he says that the city that the Dead Sea is in is was the most sinful city, and he goes on to say that because of this, Jesus, you know. Or God, I should say, put fire on the on the city. So, for those again who are not Catholic Christian who haven't read this story in the Bible or anything like that, that's basically the gist of it. The city was so sinful; they weren't listening to God tell them to do better, kind of thing. So, eventually, he decided to burn the place down to the ground. That's that's the story. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, so this is where the Dead Sea is located, and this is why the Dead Sea is considered to have, in religious aspect, is to have so much salt, uh, the most salt of any ocean. So, um, so they've made it to the Dead Sea, um, and she, for some reason, wants to taste the salt. Why? Why do you need to taste the salt? He makes a good point of, well, people have their feet in the salt. That's a really good excuse. However, I'm thinking, okay, salt is so bad for you. I don't care where the fuck it's from. Why would you want to taste the salt? Like, why? Why? That's disgusting. You can use salt for other purposes in in this case. You know, just dip in and, you know, let the sea do its work kind of thing. But you you don't need to taste the salt, ma'am. Anyway, she doesn't taste the salt, so it's fine. 
So they go off to a different section and they're going to be putting mud from the Dead Sea on themselves. Apparently it's just has so much minerals and it's so good for your skin. I want to try this. So that's what they're going to be doing first. And they're going to be putting mud on each other. Okay. So she says like, this is an opportunity for him to be like touching her and stuff like that. Right. Make this romantic and sensual. Instead, he's kind of like slapping it on her body. Like you actually hear him like slapping it on her body and, you know, not romantic. I mean, for me personally, if my man slapped some mud on the ass area, for me, that's fine. (laughs) But for her, because they are not having sex and I don't know if she doesn't like that kind of thing, you know, everyone's different. Um, this isn't doing it for her. She does. She's, she, you know, so she then, you know, goes and puts it on him afterwards. And she is, you know, being a little more flirtatious, a little more sensual. It's going to be the word of the day today. Um, and she's like, is there any, place that maybe you want to put it back on me. You see how I'm doing it? You know, do you want to do it like that? (laughs) And he says, there's no other place to put it, Misha. I I put it all over you. And she said, that's the wrong answer. (laughs) So she wants, but here's again, here's, here's the thing. This is a man. And we think from sexual purposes is at a point where he's not at a point, you know, if we think back to, you know, people that we may have had sex with in our teen years or early twenties or whatever, who didn't have that experience yet. Not to say they were a virgin necessarily, but they just didn't have that experience. You learn as you go on through life, you learn how to be a little more sensual with the touch and be a little more suggestive. You you know how in, you know to work up to the foreplay and all of that. And we're going to get to that in a second too. Um with a more sexual aspect of things in a minute um between them. But he doesn't know how to do these things. He's learning. He's yes, almost 50, but in terms of sex, he's he's back at what? let's just say 16, 17, he doesn't know. He hasn't done any of these things. And yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know what to tell her. Cause I think like, this is the kind of guy who is, as we'll see in a little bit, acts like he knows everything about sex and how women operate. He doesn't, he has no freaking clue because of based on how you were just lathering mud on her a second ago, you don't know. And he's learning. But this is going to be the kind of person, like I was trying to say before, I lost my train of thought. This is the kind of person that is going to just jackrabbit her, honestly, and not take his time. And again, that's things that were fun then. But when you get older, you know, and you learn more about what you like and what your body likes and whatever the case may be, you learn. He isn't there. He's starting from ground zero and she has a lot of patience. I wouldn't have that patience even at my age now. I wouldn't have that patience. So 
Then they sit and they talk about sex. Okay. And like she's questioning him on whether or not he knows how to have sex. And when she asks this question of like whether or not he knows how, you know, she's not saying whether you know how, where, what goes where. She's not asking that question. I think everyone, whether you're a virgin or you're not, knows what goes where, right? In the grand scheme of things. But that's not everything. Now, here's what I'll say is we'll we'll keep going and I'll put my two cents in here. So he says that he knows how women operate, right? He has friends. <laughs> um he says that he learned about sex at 10 years old. So he's good. And I said, for fuck's sakes. So here's what I'm going to say, because this is kind of what I was getting at. I'm assuming that he went to a Catholic school um, while growing up. I can tell you something as a person who also went to a Catholic school in elementary and high school um, although, yeah, I feel like you learn a lot more in high school, but really and truly, my last grade of any sex education was in grade nine, which that would have made me about 14 years old, 14, 15. So it was a lot more in depth as to what you should expect. It didn't just stop at sex is for making children and, and that's it. You know, you don't do anything else. You don't do the oral. You don't do the other things. You don't do those things. My, but I was fortunate that the teacher that I had in grade nine maybe went more in depth. I would not think that others would have. But if I go back now to elementary to the point where he says he is 10 years old and he learned about sex education, they don't teach you how to have sex. They teach you what sex is and what it's for in the eyes of the Catholic Church. So that means for those who have not been brought up in a Catholic Church, but again, every religion is very similar, I would think, when it comes to sex. No premarital sex is the big thing, um, which is he's got that down pat. Um, <laughs> uh, anyway, I've sinned. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you you learn that sex is for having children and is for reproduction purposes only. That's what they teach you. So that means that there's no oral, there's no foreplay, none of that shit. No, of course not. You just stick that shit in, you, you, you do what you got to do, and then it does what it naturally needs to do, and then that's it. That's basically what they teach you in a Catholic church. Uh, a Catholic uh, school in terms of sex education, abstinence, 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 no sex before marriage and all of that. That's all they teach you. I mean, that's all they teach. That's all I remember being taught. Yes. They teach you like the ins and outs of, you know, this is what the sperm looks like and this is what it's for and kind of this thing. Right. Um, and they teach you about the women. Like we have, ovaries and and stuff like that and here's like the egg and you know they teach you those things yes but they don't 
really teach you how to have sex, which is why what ends up happening is people then turn to porn and think that that's the proper way to have sex. And that is not the true way of depicting sex. Sex does not look like it does in the, in the porn videos, basically. Right. And I'm not saying this guy is that kind of person who would, but I wouldn't be surprised that he does, you know? Um, so when I hear him saying that he knows how women operate, I'm like, the fuck you do. You don't. There are men who have been having sex for years and have years on you who still don't know how to have sex. You know what I mean? So the fact that you, sir, virgin, think you know how to get shit done, you don't. And that's okay. But then don't puff out your chest and think you do. That's what I'm getting at. Anyway. He says that, you know, once he's in America and they're married and, you know, they establish a sex life, he'd want to have sex every day. Good luck to you, Misha. <laughs> she she looked absolutely terrified, actually. She's like, oh, God. Um, she doesn't seem like she's really in agreement. Um, I mean, I don't know about every day, maybe, if you know, maybe you never know, let, let it happen naturally, I guess, in that sense. But I mean, yeah, you think you can, because I think I could, but then I really think of the logistics of things and I'm like, I'm already suffering and I don't have sex every day. So, (laughs) um, he then says that she's a machine. What? She's not a machine. And you, sir, are not either. Like, he, but he will be when he tastes that sweet, sweet. Ew. I'm not even going there. Never mind. But once he does have sex with her, he will become a machine and then it will deflate eventually. But yeah, like, that's what's going to happen. Good luck to her. Anyway. So at this point now, too, there are, they are in like the Dead Sea now. Um, and uh, he starts doing like the striptease, I think. It didn't look like a striptease, but I think that's what he was trying to do. Um, and says to him, like, how, where did you learn to dance like that for somebody? <laughs> you know, because she's not into it at all. And he's like, you know, that movie with Patrick Swayze, title of the episode, and I said, okay, all right. Um, so, uh, okay. So let me get this straight. Again, like I said, my favorite movie. I can never get sick and tired of this movie. I love it so much. Um, but are you really trying to tell me that because you watched a movie with the great Patrick Swayze and decided, well, he danced for baby. And he scored. (laughs) So that's what I'm going to do. No. Uh, It worked for the movie because it's a movie. It's not real. It's not going to work for you. And my God, sir, you do not have a body of Patrick Swayze in the 80s. So even before he passed, he still looked really good. He still had his, clearly still had his dancer body. So 
Um, yeah, you, sir, do not. Anyway. Um, so he says that he's trying to be affectionate with her and she's kind of not allowing him to do that. And this worries him. He wonders if they even have a chance in hell of, you know, making this work. So we next see them walking through the stations of the cross. Now, again, for those who are not Catholic, who don't know what the stations of the cross is, it's basically something, there's 14 um, stations that depicts the different stages of Jesus um, being hung on the cross, being sacrificed, right? Um, Or killed. But that's what it depicts. It depicts every little moment. So for those who would have watched that Mel Gibson movie, it's basically like that. <laughs> that that literally depicts the stations of the cross. Actually, it depicts the night before into the next day, that day where he proceeds basically from seeing Pontius Pilate to him being resurrected. Those are all the stations of the cross, different stages. So although I don't consider myself Catholic anymore, seeing this actually, knowing that there's actually a place where you can go and do this, I, I didn't know this. I was like, oh, wow, that's, I would actually do this. Um, and again, like the stations of the cross was always something that in my elementary school, especially, I don't remember doing this in high school, but in elementary school, we definitely did this where we would do this like every Easter there's always a grade, I think one particular grade. So everyone would have had to do this at some point. And uh, you, they would make you do stations of the cross. You pick a station and you do it, right? It's fucking morbid when you're, doing, when you're making kids under the age of 14 do this shit. But this is what they made you do. So you would go through the stations. So you see like them them doing this and they actually grab a cross and um they're walking up hill actually to to this so misha makes this point of you know he had to carry what is this very heavy cross it's the cross that they were carrying was probably nowhere near the weight that the cross was that jesus had to carry right um and it's all uphill it's and it's a very heavy cross. So Misha makes that point of he had to do this all uphill. And I said, yeah, he also had to do this all uphill, um, hurting and pain, just in a hot mess. You know, if, for those who may have seen the Mel Gibson movie, I personally never finished the Mel Gibson movie. I could not get myself through it. I actually believe we watched this in school and I was bawling. I couldn't handle it because it was just so fucking real. I was only like 14 at the time, but I swear I never would watch this movie. I never wanted to see it. Um, So never finished the actual movie, but I did see the parts where he, you know, was going through the stations, obviously like actually carrying the cross. But um, that's probably the realest depiction because you kind of see in these other movies that do the, the, you know, the, this, this kind of movie or whatever, right. It's never depicted correctly. I do feel like that this Mel Gibson movie that was done years and years and years ago, um, 
was probably the best depiction. So as, as someone who learned this, um, I do still believe in my faith. I just don't believe in, in the, to this extent. Um, I did find this very interesting and I would have, I would love to actually go and, and experience this as well. Um, so yeah, we kind of see them carrying it through. Um, I think when they eventually picked up the, the cross, it was at the, uh, I think it would have been at the second or third stage. Um, and they were like, oh, you know, can we walk it to like the fifth stage or whatever the hell it was? I can't remember which stage it was. And they said, oh, go to 10. So they go to 10 and, uh, they drop it off and then they go to the final stage, which is the stage of where he was buried and resurrected. Um, and you kind of just see people, you know, over the tomb and, and and like, yeah, it's, it's not what I pictured in my mind when I pictured, I didn't realize that this was actually, it makes fucking sense, mind you, but I just never thought about it. So I'm like, okay, this, this is great. So I'm not going to say much more about this than what I've already said about, about the stations. Um, so that's basically, that's basically all I'm going to say. So we're going to go to the next, um, part with them. Um, so they're going to be getting some coffee now and he is thinking of proposing since everything is going so well, right? The family loves her. Of course they do. And everything's going great. So he comes back with the drinks and it's like he needs this compliment from her of doing the most. You did the least, sir. He's like, oh, I came back with the coffee, Misha. Like, don't you love me or some shit? And she's like, okay, so you just brought some coffee. Okay, not a big deal. Um, thank you. Uh, <laughs> so like, calm down, basically. And she does say, like, you know, if you're seeking validation, you're seeking like the thank you for doing this small thing, you're not going to get it. And absolutely. But the problem is, is that I still stand by. If he is not at least a narcissist, he is very full of himself. He's egotistical. That's the other things are not going to change. So he, he's going to continue doing this type of shit. He, he feels like if I'm giving, then you need to acknowledge that I'm giving. So it's fucking ridiculous. Anyway. Um, he says that, you know, he shows affection and he's, you know, all of this and says that, you know, if he says that I love you, I don't hear you say it back. Now, here's what I'm going to say. There are times where you don't necessarily need to say it back. Okay. If you're confident in your relationship, now, mind you, they haven't been together physically before this, but if I say I love you to my boyfriend or he says it back to me, sometimes may not say it back. But that doesn't mean I don't know that he loves me or he doesn't know that I love him, of course. But maybe it's because we're a little more confident in our relationship. I don't know. Um, and we've obviously been around each other physically. So you're able to build up on that trust. But the one thing I will say is what he says later on is like, you know, all of these different instances of me saying that I love you and you don't say it back. And she denies it at first. 
But then we see the receipts. Thank you, Match Sharp, TLC, for showing us the receipts in the moment of when things went mud on her. He said he loved her. She didn't say it back when they were in Jerusalem and they were perusing shops. He said, I loved you. She didn't say it back. There was another instance. I can't remember which instance that was, um, but he said that he loved her and she didn't say it back. So we see these these three different examples of her not saying it. And he says to her, like, listen, you would say it all the time over the phone. So then that's where I have the problem. Have the same energy. And, you know, she says that being in Israel, she sees a different Nicola. And, you know, yes, but that was always going to be the case. He's getting a different you too. He's getting a different Misha. You know what I mean? Because you are not the person you are when you're over the phone. You are a different person when you're in person. So that doesn't mean that you just not say it or not validate him saying it. He's, he, in this case, was doing what he needed to do and he wasn't getting it back from you. Even if he got it back from you once a lot of those three times, it's better than none. You know what I mean? So if you were having that energy and he now sees that you're not doing that, he is going to think, oh, like, does she not want to be with me anymore? I don't, I actually don't think he's incorrect here. Um, so she does say like, obviously I do love you. Um, and you know, she does apologize and she says that, um, you know, she wants, obviously she wants this to work, blah, blah, blah. And she says, like, do you believe me? And he says he does. Um, but the issue is, the issue is that she worries about, but he's not worried about, he's not too worried about it, but she is. Is y'all that haven't gotten that annulment yet? Damn, I forgot about the annulment. When it was brought up, I'm like, oh my God, we've had so much shit that's happened in like these last few episodes. And it's been, we haven't heard about this annulment since like their first episode. I completely forgot about it. This is kind of like when you saw like Brittany and Yasin and you kept forgetting she was married. You know what I mean? Kind of like that. So yeah, obviously she still hasn't gotten that annulment through the Catholic Church. So it's very possible that nothing will happen between them because if she doesn't get that annulment, he's not going to marry her because he has to get married in the Catholic Church. So, um, teach their own though, because I just would never. I, I have no interest. Never had interest in getting married in the Catholic Church. I learned that at a young age. Um. But yeah, that's it. That's it for Misha and Nicola for this week. We're going to jump into another couple that just keeps on fucking giving and not giving in a good way. Cleo and Christian. Um, no problem with Cleo. I love her. Although I had a little bit of issue here with her a little bit, but um, not like I do with him. So let's get into it, shall we? So it's Thanksgiving, y'all. Okay. And as I mentioned previously in the last episode, England actually doesn't celebrate Thanksgiving. Um, So, yeah. And so I guess he can't cook, although he's expecting her to do the cooking. Okay, so you want this cream of corn shit that I think is absolutely appalling, but that's me. We eat very differently in in Black families than, (laughs) I'm sorry to put it like that, but we eat very differently. And I've never, 
I've obviously heard of cream corn or whatever, but I've never actually seen it in my presence um, physically. So, but anyway, you want him or her to cook these corn thing and you're not going to do it. But here's a woman who has never even celebrated this holiday before. She's never celebrated Thanksgiving because they don't, I guess, celebrate it in Italy either. They don't celebrate it in England. So you want her to do it? Okay. That makes sense. Um, but he is helping with seasoning the turkey. Okay. Which he also has to make sexual, which I was very disgusted by. I was, oh, so I'm not even going to go into it more than if you want to see the, the, the nastiness, you can go back and watch the episode. Um, so Cleo in this moment actually gets a dig in while he's doing the sexual nonsense with the turkey. She gets a dig in about this whole situation with the bar and you can kind of tell like now he's sobered up and he's like, okay. But I still don't think he has any regrets for what he did. And we'll see that a little later. But I thought in this moment that maybe he did. He doesn't. Um, so the girl that he invited that we saw last episode, she will not be at dinner. Apparently she conveniently is going back to Belgium. No, 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 no. She's just running away. Anyway. Um, but of course, Jane will be at Thanksgiving. So now it's the evening. Jane has shown up. And um, we see like Cleo's cats are just, they're very active in this episode. They're very cute doing different things. So her cats are so cute. They're so furry and, and soft. You can just tell they're so soft. Um, anyway, Jane has come with wine and cheese. Yeah. Um, so we see them drinking and they're eating cheese and Christian is very awkward, honestly, um, because he kind of makes this comment because they actually like cheers, um, their wine glasses and they say, both Cleo and Jane say in, in Italy and where she's also from, I think she's from Russia, they you know, cheers looking in each other's eyes. Um, which yes, I've heard about that's actually a, a superstition. If you don't look in each other's eyes, like something bad will happen. I can't remember exactly what that, what that is, but if you're into learning the histories of superstitions, I would recommend superstitions, uh, podcast <laughs> there. I think they're podcast uh podcast it's been a while they 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 don't do any more episodes for it anymore but it was a very good uh podcast that you just kind of got the history of of superstitions and one of the episodes does talk about the cheer thing and looking at each other's eyes um so yeah he's just very awkward at this moment like i was saying because he kind of like, oh, you know, sometimes when you cheers, like, I feel like you're going to like smash the glasses and they are talking about like smashing the glasses or he does anyways, because like Cleo and Jane are like, okay, like, it's so weird. He's such a weirdo. Um, so now they're eating dinner and Cleo takes this opportunity to tell Jane about the bar situation. I'm going to keep going because I'm going to have, I'm going to have my two cents here about her 
because this is probably the first time where I have a little bit of a situation that I didn't like, but well, well Christian is going to completely just take the prize either way. Um, so Cleo calls him out about why he always talks to women. And she says, like, he says he talks to men too, but I've never seen him do it. And she's right. He is picking these, he's picking out women by themselves who don't want to be bothered. Um, And I'm going to get into that too, because there is this predatory undertone to what he does. Um, And Christian is confused because they've already talked about this. So here's what I'm going to say. I do understand here at some point, Cleo does say that maybe this has bothered her a lot more than she's first let on. And I think she's also very afraid to really voice her opinions on things because she feels like if I do, I'm going to lose him fucking lose him. Are you kidding me? This isn't it. I've, as I've been saying, but at the same time is she does get this strength from Jane which I'm not going to take away from her because that is very much her comfort is in with, with Jane that's has to do with her autism. So I'm not going to touch it. So she is getting that. But at the same time, if you have talked about this, according to the both of you, and you've decided to squash it, why are you bringing this back up? But at the same time, why I'm saying that Christian is going to be getting the brunt of my shit today anyways, not Cleo, is I do believe that she isn't really voicing her opinions the way she would with anybody else if she's comfortable enough to do so um, because she's afraid of losing him. So let's continue. So he kind of says like his motivation for talking to really any stranger, not just women in this case, but a stranger is that he feels awkward if he isn't talking to somebody. You don't fucking say, are you kidding? That's, that's something that you should look into. I personally think, why do you feel that way? Oh, he says that the reason he feels that way is because if he's not talking to somebody, he feels like he's like in a pressure cooker he's going to blow. And he says, you know, that's because I'm extroverted. No, that's because you're a fucking psycho. I don't want you to use your extra being extrovert as to the reason why you can't keep your mouth shut into yourself and that you actually feel like you're going to be in a, in a pressure cooker. If you don't talk to somebody, I'm not saying that I'm extroverted, but I also wouldn't say I'm introverted. I, I know there's another term for like when you're in the middle, but whatever. But I'm able to be alone in my thoughts and, and, you know, I like to be quiet sometimes, right? Um, despite the fact that I have a podcast, but I like to be in my thoughts and be quiet. And even if like, you know, listening to a podcast, look, that's, I feel like if I'm listening to, you know, reality gaze or 90 day cray cray or something like that. I'm able to have my conversation in within myself. And sometimes, yes, I am yelling at them <laughs> when they're, you know, not saying something that I agree with or they forget something, you know, especially 
especially Maddie and Poodle. It, it's like, I, you know, that's for me and I can do that. And I'm okay with that. And even if I'm not doing that, I'm okay to be alone in my thoughts. And I feel like an extrovert is also okay to be alone in their thoughts. So this is not because you're an extrovert. This is because you, you have a psychopathy that needs to be dealt with. That's why. And he wants to sit here and say, oh, just because I'm born on the same day as Trump, does that make me like Trump? Yeah, it does. Because you know why? Trump also can't keep his mouth shut. He also probably feels like he's in a pressure cooker if he's not talking to somebody or putting his bullshit out into the world. You know what I mean? So he does say here that he didn't ask for the girl's number, but Cleo says, me, you did invite her over though. So again, how would you have, how would you have gotten her there if you didn't have her number, I don't buy for a second that he didn't have her phone number. I just don't. Um, Cleo says, you know, this is just weird. And I agree with her. It is weird that this guy is like randomly inviting somebody over to your home. Um, she says, if a guy comes up to me at a bar I would think that they're interested. And she asked Jane to confirm. And she says, yes, I would think the same. And Christian says that he doesn't think about it like that. Or he didn't think about it like that. But he feels like he's done something wrong by just being himself. Well, you know what? Yes, you did. And this is what I'm going to talk about. Um, his predatory undertone here that he has. And I don't even know if I can really call it an undertone. I think it's just I don't know what to say here because you're going up to a woman who is by herself at a bar. Is she by herself because she wants attention from somebody, whether that's man, male, man, woman, whatever? No, she might just want to be there by herself to drink her drink and, and go home. She's probably not here for your entertainment. And that's what I'm, I'm getting at. And, you know, I think Cleo at one point says, like, if you see a lonely girl at a bar and I say, who says she lonely though? Who says she was lonely? She's just alone. Alone and lonely is not the same thing. And if she was okay to be alone, she didn't need you to come talk to her, Christian. And that's exactly it. He says, like, if I'm by myself and then I see someone by themselves, then I'm going to go talk to them. No, no, leave her alone. You So that makes me think that you're on the prowl. That's what makes me think. And I'm coming from like a true crime perspective here where you see men who go on the hunt as we will refer to certain killers or, or serial killers for sure. They're on a hunt. You, sir, are on a hunt. Whether you realize it or not, you're on a hunt. And that's what's scary. A woman should be able to go to a bar and not be worried that some fucking creep is going to come up to her. And then you have the same creep coming up to her and then saying, listen, I'm an American in England too. We're going to be celebrating Thanksgiving. So why don't you come over to my house? We know my girlfriend lives there and her friend's going to be coming over. How does she know that? You know what I mean? 
How does she really truly know and in a different world? How does she truly know that there's not going to be anybody in that house? You know, and she's going to just go walk up to the house in 2023 and say, okay, well, you know, he said there's going to be people there. So I'm going to go, you know, put my life in my hands kind of thing or in his hands, actually, you know, he, he lives in a fantasy world. And I hate him for it. I hate this guy. I really do. So, um, Cleo says, like, listen, I don't have any issues with you having female friends, but walking up to a woman in a bar, um, is not okay. And that's a boundary for her. She has now set a boundary. He feels icky, he says, because he's making, they're making it seem that way, right? They're making what he just did really gross. But that's what you're doing. And the fact that you're sitting here and trying to actually make her think that that's not what you're doing, that this was purely innocent, you're gaslighting her again. You can't help yourself, can you? Like, it's ridiculous. He says, you either trust me or not, but it would be hard for me to know that I can't talk to strangers because you don't like it. So you're trying to tell me that you can't respect her boundary. You're trying to tell me that you can't control yourself at a, at a setting with other women um, and not talk to them. Is it really that fucking hard for you to not talk to other people? I mean, he'll even do it in front of her. Like this... <sighs> I'm sorry, but if I set a boundary with my boyfriend and say, I don't like this, I don't want you to do this anymore. And he comes back to me and says, you know, it would be really hard if I didn't do that thing anymore. I would say, okay, well then I'm not worth it to you then. I'm not important to you anymore then, right? Because that thing is more important. That's basically what he's telling her. You're not important enough. Me going off and talking to women or quote unquote strangers as he wants to put it. But let's be fucking real here. Women. It's that's more important to him. Fuck him. He's not worth this hassle personally. Um, so Cleo says like, that's not what I said, but no, no, don't backtrack because that is what you said you set a boundary you said i don't want you talking to strangers you set that boundary don't backpedal and say i didn't say that because you're trying to protect your relationship with him stand your ground and say i yeah that's exactly what i said you know um so jane is going to go now (laughs) She hasn't had much to say. Um, She doesn't think that this relationship will continue as a long-term relationship. She doesn't think that he actually wants to be in this relationship. She says, just like before, he gets defensive. Um, Anyway, he says, like, you know, he was hoping to have Jane get to know him um, after what they already dealt with. And he says, like, obviously that was not going to happen now because Cleo had brought something up that they had already talked about. 
But now I wonder, like, did you? Because we didn't actually see them have a sober conversation. We saw them have a conversation while he was drunk. You can't talk to a drunk person. We've learned this from Jersey Shore. You can't talk to a drunk person. You need to um, be able to have a sober conversation. So I am curious to know, did they have that sober conversation? And if so, we didn't see it. So I'm curious to know how that went. I bet it was a lot of mansplaining more than her, him actually hearing her. Um, so she eventually, so at this point, Jane's gone. Um, it's just the two of them. But Cleo eventually just walks away and says, listen, this isn't going to go good. I'm probably going to say something that you're not going to like, and this isn't going to go any further. So I was going to go. And she dips. And Christian's like, well, we need to talk about this. No, we don't. Because you've made up your mind. You have decided that this is what you want to do. So what's there to talk about? Anything I say is not going to change your mind. So there's something to talk about. He then says in his in the moment that he won't stop talking to strangers because that would be admitting that he was doing something wrong and he doesn't think that he did anything wrong. Do I need to, I'm not even going to break that down because I feel like he just, he just, he just said the choir part out loud. Why would he ever, you know, why would he ever stop doing what he's doing? Because it would just be, you know, just letting the, the bad guy win. No, fuck you. You're in a partnership. No wonder his marriage didn't work because he was doing the same bullshit with her. She probably said, mm, mm-mm, I'm really good. I'm a dip. Like, really? This guy's an asshole. And he says, how can he be with someone he can't talk to? How can she be with someone she can't talk to? This guy thinks he's holier than thou. And it's like, you're no, you're, you're, you're the worst person in this relationship. I hope that everyone at the tell all comes for him. He needs it. If he gets a similar edit to a fucking Christed of Chris and Jamie, I'm going to be pissed because that woman got off scoff fucking free in the tell all as well. Anyway. That's it for Christian and Cleo for this week. We're going to take a little break here. When we come back, we're going to talk about Amanda and Radsvin. Do you want to spice up your love life? Well, you can make that happen by going to Love Shop, where you can get sorts of different things, whether it's for both you and your partner or just for yourself. For solo play, you can get things, all types of vibrators, maybe more kinky type toys, or you can just buy what every person may need, like lingerie or protection, or even just something to make it a little more fun, like games or novelty things. You can do all of this by going to Love Shop, and you can use our unique coupon code REALITYT2 to get 10% on anything your hearts desire. So that's loveshop.ca, L-O-V-E-S-H-O-P 
www.realitycoupon.ca and use our unique coupon code REALITY2, that's R-E-A-L-I-T-E-A, and the number 2. And we're back. So we're going to jump in with Amanda and Rosvin. So we see them heading to the airport. They're going to be going to Croatia. And he's stressed, to say the least. He can't calm down, he says. And she's trying to do her love bombing bullshit. And he says, you know, he has to release the energy that he has. And I said, Rosman, I can help with that. (laughs) Fuck. Amanda, help with that. Like, I'm sorry, but that's where my head went. If a man said, I have all this energy that I need to release, I'd be like, I'll He's gorgeous. Anyway, so we see, like I said, her love bombing him. Oh, I'm sorry, kissing him. And um, he says, I feel like she's trying more because she knows I could leave her. Exactly. That's, she, she's not doing it because she's worried to lose you in a, in a genuine way. She's worried that you're going to break up with her. Instead of her, ha- as soon as she has you right where she wants you, like a praying fucking mantis, she's going to kill you. So we see her kissing him again at the airport. You know, he's being goofy. And you can see like that, that wall is starting to slip. Um, he says, it's nice to see. Yeah. Okay. So she doesn't know if he is just accepting, oh God, accepting everything um, to smooth things over with his family, she doesn't know, like, if he's just doing that to do it. And I said, You mean the way that you're just kissing on him in order to hit for him to forgive you? You're not, you're just not doing that. I hate her. Um, so they have landed in Split, Croatia. I don't know if that's how it's actually pronounced, but that's how it's spelled. Um, he says he's not upset anymore. He's just confused. Um, he can't pretend to be 100%. Um, but he is doing better. And they're just deciding to just take it day by day. So it's the next day now and they're headed to his parents. They're pretty giggly on the way there. I'll admit. Um they aren't at their best, but he is hopeful for them to do better, I guess. Um, he's nervous. And she says, why are you nervous? Because, okay, because it's his parents, he shouldn't be nervous. He does explain, though, that the reason he is is because she is the first person he's bringing back to meet his parents since his ex. Um. So they're there, they're at the parents, um, you know, the hugging and the hellos and all that. So his mom has made food 
and she actually made chicken noodle soup with homemade noodles. Yum. Um, all the food looks great. Amanda says that she likes the food and his mom brings up the fact that, you know, she knows that she has children because Rosman has mentioned it. Um, and she says that her children are well-behaved and she's happy to have well-behaved children. His mom says that it's important to have good children. It keeps you young. You don't say, ma'am. She looks incredible. She looks amazing. Like, she doesn't look like she's over, I don't know. She just looks, she looks fantastic. Anyway, so yes, I think she's on to something. Um, then Amanda asked this really weird question that I think is kind of inappropriate to be asking. She asked, um, why didn't your ex get along with your mom? And he doesn't even want to translate this um, to his to his mom, but he does. And the mom is just like, oh, Lord. And his dad ends up typing in it and, and saying, it's simple. They had bad communication. She was pushing her views on him. And his dad felt that she did not love Rosman. And it hurt them as his parents. And I said, huh, let me see. I think he has a type. He keeps going for the same women because Amanda, they literally described Amanda. He has a type and it's, yeah. Anyway. Um, So then his dad actually starts crying at this point. His mom then says that they just didn't get along. And he actually ends up translating it into we didn't match. And Amanda says, well, do we match? So they start having this conversation about this and there's only speaking in English. So no one's understanding what's happening here. Um, And he does say, I don't know. Um, You told me different things. She says that I didn't, the fuck you didn't, because you definitely did. Um, And he says that you told me we didn't match. Yes, she did. We saw that. Roll the tape. She literally said that. Um, His father says that the energy between them makes me feel uneasy. Mm Mm-hmm. He gets the impression that it isn't 100% positive between the two. See, you can't fool your parents. She says, why? Okay, so sorry. Let me go back a little bit. He ends up saying to her, like, how's the food? And she says, it's fine. Why are you trying to change the subject? Because this conversation is over. Take a fucking hint. There's no more. There's nothing else to talk about. Your little argument that you guys are having, you can have later. Um... The problems that he had with his ex, Rosman is saying this, reminds him of the problems he currently now has with Amanda. That's all you need to know. That's all you need to know. He says that he can't be himself with her. 
Again, that's all you need to know because who you cannot be yourself with your partner in the same way that you can also be yourself with your family. Then why are you with them? You know, um, he doesn't see love in her eyes when they argue. And that's exactly it. Like when you argue with your partner, yes, you're upset with them and they're irritating you in that moment, but you, you fight because you do love them. I mean, I'm kind of the person that's like, okay, if you don't fight, then we're we're not fighting for anything anymore. Right. I, we did not get to see the fight that they had. Unfortunately, we didn't get to see that. But I am curious to see like how she fought because I think like that would make me really understand what he's saying here. But again, I don't like her. I can't stand her. I think she's a horrible fucking human. Um, and I mean, we've kind of seen that kind of play out now. I think we've had multiple different examples. Again, things that I haven't really gone in depth with because I just can't with her, but. I guess we can quickly just talk about my thoughts here a little bit before going into the next thing. Um, she, we find out, has basically was a homewrecker when she met Jason. We find out that she um, was arrested for beating another woman with another guy. So she has a freaking battery charge on her record. So there's that. She's an absolute mess of a person. Um, cause I mean, yeah, you can say, oh, you know, people go through shit. I would like to think that I've never been a homewrecker cause I would never get involved with a married man, um, ever. And I've never hit anybody and been charged with battery. Um, so she, she's, she's a mess. And I'm not even talking about the fact that her husband has now died. Her children no longer have a father and the children he had with his ex-wife no longer have a father. Um, and I, I get it. I'm not even talking about that. I'm just saying her as a person outside of all of that, she is messy. And I think Rosvin needs to dodge a bullet but he's just, he's, he's the target at this point. He's just there ready to go. Anyway, that's it for Amanda and Roswin. We're going to jump in with Statler and now Dempsey. This, I got thoughts. As I said, we will talk about it. Um, but before we do, we are meeting Dempsey's friends. As we knew from last week. So they're on the way, and as they're heading that way, Stadler says that a night with British people, like she is having an issue with this. And Dempsey says, but you love British people. (laughs) And she's like, what do you like, though, about British people? And like a fucking dumb dumb, the only thing that she can come up with is the accent. Oh, my God. Okay. All right. Um, although, yes, the accent is great. There's so much more to British people than the fucking accent. Anyway. Um, and then she kind of says, you know, I think I just got tired of American women. 
And then Dempsey, like the fucking queen she is, says, why? Because you went through them all? (laughs) Oh, shit. I love her. She's kind of one of them with the dingers. So we are meeting Georgia and Lindsay. And Statler says, I, okay, so when they sit down and they're talking and they're asking how things have been going since Statler got here, she says, oh, I met her dad. I met her dad. <laughs> um, so then we find out here, Dempsey's birthday's coming up. And Georgia and Lindsay say, like, what are their plans for your birthday? And Statler says, well, this was going to be a surprise. I don't know how this would have been, like, this big of a surprise because we'll see later they drive to where they're going to be going. But um, Statler says, I'm going to be taking her to Eden. Uh, I can't even say the way she said it because it's not how you say it. But she's like, Edinburgh. That's what she says. She says Edinburgh. And they giggle because that's not correct. Edinburgh. Edinburgh. Oh, God, now I'm saying it like her. God, Edinburgh. Edinburgh. I, I'm, I'm saying it wrong now. Thank you, Stoller. Um, anyway, they correct her saying the right word. Um. Anyway, she says she's planned everything and it's going to be apparently on the itinerary a lot of sex. And this is where it goes downhill. Okay. Because then she says, it's the only thing I'm good at is sex. Um, (laughs) If the only thing you're good at is having sex, then um um that's a mm, that's a horrible thing and number one to say about yourself that the only thing you're good at is having sex because there's so much more to life than just sex as much as sex is fun and i like it too um there's so much more to it because i wanted to say oh i'm the only thing i'm good at is sex of course not i'm good at it (laughs) but it's not the only thing i'm good at you know um I'm good at my job. I'm, I'm, God, when you think about it, (laughs) I'm, I can, I'm good at cooking, you know, know, different things that you're good at. Um, I can drive. I'm good at that. You know what I mean? Like there's so many other things that you're good at than just sex, but that's not exactly what she's getting at though. She's leading with her sexuality here. That's what she's doing. So we're right back off this nonsense. Anyway, um, and she says, you know, because I had a lot of it. And then she starts listing her resume um, when it comes to sex. She starts saying, I've had sex in group settings, gone to sex parties, sex clubs, have sex in as many places as I can. I've never been to a sex club or a sex party. Um, I haven't had sex in a group setting. Does that make me not good at sex then? You know what I mean? I mean, um, I mean, good for her. Like there's no judgment, but just don't lead with it. You know what I mean? Especially don't lead with it with people you don't know. They're her friends. You're supposed to make a good impression. 
don't lead with that. That's between you, especially because Dempsey is reserved. She probably has friends that are also very reserved. You tend to attract like-minded people. So this isn't good. (laughs) Um, Dempsey then brings up about Statler wanting to move in to her apartment. And Lindsay says, that's a lot. (laughs) So Statler says, you know, typical lesbian move. You don't have to do the typical lesbian move, though. You know? Then she says, and again, before we even get into that, she says it's a typical lesbian move. And I've heard things, obviously, but you're moving to a completely different country. (laughs) This is no longer a U-Haul. This is a whole ass airplane. Like, I, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, um, then she says that she doesn't want to actually live in England. She has, she says it's miserable here. Oh my God. You're literally not starting to talk shit about a country for which you keep going to. And now you're in front of your girlfriend and her friends, and you're going to sit here and say to them, England's miserable, even though like that's where they live. And that's all I know. So then, ma'am, I'm going to ask you this question. If you really think England is that miserable, which, yeah, let's be real, the weather sucks. But if you're really thinking it's that miserable, then why do you keep going? No one's telling you you need to go to England. No one. You've made your choice. Wow. But anyway, she says that, you know, despite all of those things, though, for Dempsey, she would move. And she says, I'm going to go use the toilets. Not toilet. I am bathroom. She says toilets. Plural. And she says, it's number one, not number two. Not that you needed to know that. (laughs) She's literally word vomiting. And she says as much. Like when she's nervous, she word vomits. But you're just like, okay, I know she has ADHD. So that's what I'm trying to like, you know, be. Yeah. But the thing is, it's like, okay. I don't even know. Like. If she really can filter herself, I don't know if that's really possible, but from my understanding, as someone who doesn't have ADHD, though, um, you can somewhat control that a little bit. As much as hard as it can be, you can try to control. She's not trying to control, but anyway, she leaves, and the friends think that she's awkward, but you know, whatever. Um, the friends are concerned, however, about her wanting to move in. And someone does mention the golden n- n- word here, codependency. Yeah. Dempsey doesn't think that she will be happy long term if she feels suffocated. Well, be prepared because she's about to. Let's get to it. So now that we, we see them packing for Scotland it's the next day, so... Statler is very scatterbrained in this moment. She says, because of last night, her, you know, being very nervous about that, she's still very much in that mindset. So she is kind of just going around doing things that is not actually packing. She, um, she wants to clean the mirror. She's playing with lighters. (laughs) Um, she changes the bag that already had things in it. Like, I don't know why she did that, but anyway, she's very scattered. So 
We're now finally in the car. They're on the way. They're actually going to be driving the whole way to Edinburgh. I said it. Okay, there. But yeah, they're going to be traveling all the way there. Um, spoiler alert, it takes three hours. So um, Dempsey does say to Statler here that her friends actually want to meet her again. Okay. That's good, right? I don't know. <laughs> but Dempsey says that um, they did mention about maybe Statler being codependent. Um, so in response, Statler says, yeah, so I'm clingy. I just want my person with me all the time. I want to move in quickly. That's the kind of love that I want. And I said, listen to me listen to me. I am not in a relationship where my partner is clingy. I am not clingy. I like my space. He likes his space. We respect each other's spaces. So I don't know this. And I would never know this because I have dealt with people who have wanted to know my every move and want to be clingy and all that nonsense. And I'm like, nope, I guess it's not going to work for me. So for her to say this, when she said that I want So you're stage five clinger then (laughs) is what we're getting at here because I'm like, no, 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 no. There's nothing more just horrible to me than having a stage five clinger, even if they're my partner. There's nothing worse in my mind. She doesn't know like she doesn't want to give anyone space. That's what it was basically when it comes to, which is why she moves quickly as she does, which is why she is so. And again, I don't judge her being sexually like, not all flu is the right term to use, but just sexually out there. I don't judge that. I don't care about any of that, but there is a reason why she's leads with it. That's what I'm getting at. So it, I'm just like, ooh. I, and I don't hate Statler. I think in her core, Statler is a great person. I do like her as a person. I just think that she should not be in a relationship. She needs to be, she needs to learn how to be alone and work on herself. And she doesn't know how to do that because she's afraid to be alone. So she also then says like, you know, that's my love language. This is not a love language. This is not a love language. I'm pretty sure there's only five and this isn't one of them. Um, And she says, like, maybe it's not yours, but at least I'm not lying to myself. So you're now trying to say that Dempsey's lying to herself? Because I don't think she's lying to herself. I think, I don't even think she's lying to herself because that's what she knows and that's what she thinks. Um, But this didn't work with your last relationship. So why are we doing it again? Um. So then Sattler in her in the moment says that she doesn't see the problem with being codependent. There's a fucking problem with being codependent. There absolutely is a problem with being codependent. It is unfortunately how your brain is wired and that not even so much wired because that can be fixed. It's you you just need therapy. There's an absolute problem with being codependent Um, because it can it can have issues in the long run for you, for the person you're dependent on. So, um, 
Anyway, we're finally three hours later and we've made it to our destination. They're going to be staying in a castle. I want to know what castle this is. I really do. Oh my gosh. Um, so they get to their room and they're getting a bath ready for both of them. And Dempsey says, you know, we're still learning about each other. Um, you know, Dempsey is happy in the moment. She says that she doesn't feel like she's being forced into a relationship with, with Styler. She loves Styler. She wants to be with her. Um, but you know, might still all be too much and we'll get to it. But I believe, oh no, we, we still have more couples. Guys, this is a long episode. Um, <laughs> um, so next we're with Gino and Jasmine. So not much here really with the two of them, but he says that the fights are wearing him down. That's wearing us down too. Um, he doesn't think she actually means that she like actually cheated on him with Dane Dan. I did start thinking about that myself because I'm like, it seems very convenient that she throws this out here when she's getting into an argument with him. So I did start thinking that and I'm like, I mean, deep down, I want, I wanted her to actually have cheated on him. So it would have been just fucking horrible. But I was starting to think, yeah, maybe that's not actually not what happened. Um, he says actually that she has done this kind of thing before. Are you kidding me? I'm sorry, but if a person keeps saying things like this, that's toxic. You shouldn't be with the person. Um, I would never lie about having sex with another person um, just to get a rise out of that, of, out of my boyfriend. Like, that's horrible. Why would you do that? Um, he does find her and he sits down beside her and he says, you shouldn't have done that. And he does ask her if it's true. She says, no, it's not true. She says she only said that because she felt hurt because she is not the most important person in his life. Um, that's childish. This reaction that you had because he said something that you didn't like, that's fucking childish. Grow up. Um, she then says, you're leaving tomorrow. Let's just go our separate ways. So he says, okay, so you're giving up. He said he again has heard this before and it wasn't actually over. Before she says she felt like it could work, you know, before all of this, it could have worked. Um, she doesn't feel loved by him anymore. She doesn't want to leave her life in Panama if she won't be the most important person in his life. Um, she doesn't need marriage for him to be the most important person in her life. Again, we're your children because they should be the most important people in your life. Not fucking Gino. Sorry. Um, she feels like breaking up is the best decision at this point. She tells him to walk away. And he says, well, if that's what you want me to do, 
And she says, yes. And he's like, okay, well, then I should go. And then he gets up. He grabs his bags and he walks away. He doesn't actually want to go, but she doesn't seem to want to make amends, he says. So he says, I can't stay. It's over. We'll see next week. It's not over. We'll get to that. But that's basically it for Gina and Jasmine this week. Again, like it was very short. Um, so now we have our final couple of the week. And this is going to be so heartfelt. I loved this. It's David and Sheila. They are going to be going on a boat tour and they're going to be snorkeling. Um, tonight is the night that he's going to be proposing to her. She's sending a lot more now. Um, and he says that, you know, she's not signing properly, but she's trying and that's all he can ask for. Um, he does comment on her signing better. Um, and she says, because she's actually doing it instead of texting, right? So it's, it's helping her. She says that she was nervous about doing it before because she didn't want to get it wrong. Um, so now she's kind of realizing I should have been doing it this entire time. Um, because she's actually good at it. I mean, there are certain words that she has to kind of more spell out. Um, but she's doing it and he's understanding it. So that's great. Um, so now they're snorkeling and we see this turtle. Then we see another turtle actually too. And every time I see a, a sea turtle, I'm just like, crush. <laughs> um, I instantly go to Fighting Nemo. Um, and we actually see like the second one. It actually looks like he's smiling or she's smiling at the camera. It's so adorable. Um, anyway, they had a good time. So that's basically it for the snorkeling. Later on, they're going to be going for dinner and um, they do order wine. It's red wine that comes and he does pour some into a different glass for her to have some. We kind of find it. I don't know if she's actually much of a drinker. Uh, well, I think we've seen her drinking beer before, but I guess she doesn't like red wine. Same. I don't like red wine either. Um, so she's just going to be trying it. She doesn't like it. And, um, it's too strong, she, she says. Um, anyway, the food comes. And then as the food comes, she says that she has lost her appetite. Um, she's sad and she starts crying. And he's very thrown off by this because he doesn't know where this is coming from. He's thinking maybe she's just very overwhelmed by everything that has happened since he's gotten there with her mom passing. Um, her son's not there. Her son doesn't want to move to. Uh, America. So she, you know, I think he just thinks she's very overwhelmed at this in the moment. But she ends up saying that she's sad and crying because he's leaving soon. That's why. So it's starting to hit her that he's going to be gone soon. Um, she says it's going too fast. And he wishes that he could just whisk her away to America. Um, and he says, this is probably the best time for me to do what I'm about to do. So he says to her, you know, we've been talking a long time. He says he loves her and he starts 
um, dabbing at himself because he is soaked through. He is sweating. And he says, it's hot. He says he's dying. And Sheila says she's fine. Um, but he does get up. And um, he comes with the wine and he cheers with the wine. And he does get down on a knee and he asks her to marry him. She's very shocked. She says, for real? Then she says, yes. And he gets up. And as he gets up, the table rocks and the wine just goes everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> and it actually kind of got into her plate of rice. So I don't know if I got so much for that. Um, but they hug. She's excited and she's happy. And he picks her up from the table and um, they go to the room to celebrate. <laughs> but I'm so happy for this. This is exactly how it was supposed to go. This is the so we have our couple that's engaged because nobody else is. Um, I'm very happy for this. I'm so excited. So we better see them on Ayade OG. If I, if I don't see them on Ayade OG, you'll have to deal with me, Matt Sharp. Anyway, that is it for David and Sheila. That is it for um, the episode. Next time on, we actually have a long time. Uh, sorry, a long next time on here. So we see Amanda is kissing on Rasvin and he says he's getting hard. Oh my. <laughs> he says that they had sex four times the night before. She basically grabbed him and said, fuck me right now. And I said, yeah, what's the problem? Me. <laughs> anyway, um, Riley and Violet, they're talking again. I don't even know why. Um, Christian says that he does nothing like when he talks to women to make them think that he's actually like hitting on them. That doesn't fucking matter. Um, he's, he has done nothing wrong, he says, and she starts crying. Sheila and David talk to her dad and John Veal, and Sheila is nervous about what John Real is going to say about moving to America. She says that she would never leave her son if he doesn't want to go. Um, then Jasmine, we see, is begging Gino to make this work. Of course she is. Um, he wants to save the relationship, but he doesn't think anything will actually change. It won't. Dempsey, we see, tells Statler that she does want to have a baby and she wants to carry the baby. Statler doesn't want to have any kids. Um, and this appears that this could become a deal breaker for well, both of them, I guess. Um, we'll see how that goes. But um, also, we only have two more episodes of B90 left, and then we're going to be jumping into the tell-all. So I'm excited for that. Um, I'm not sure what's coming up next. We haven't heard anything about what's coming up after um, after this. If they're moving the other way over to Sunday night, I don't know. But yeah, well, I guess we'll see what happens. But that is the end of the episode for B90 this week. So if you like what you heard, please follow Reality Tea Times 2 on any of your favorite podcast apps so that you don't miss a single episode. 
please make sure you also share the podcast with everyone in your life. You can also rate and review us on either Spotify or Apple Podcasts. If you are an avid YouTube user, you can listen to us on YouTube at Reality TE Times 2. If you want to connect with us, you can do so by following us on either Facebook, Instagram, or threads at Reality TE Times 2. You can also email us at Reality TE Times 2 at hotmail.com. We have a website where you can listen to all of these episodes, as well as get links to our Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube pages. And that is at reality times 2aluducom All of that information will be in our show notes. Well, that's it for now, guys. Thanks. Bye. you ever thought of starting your very own podcast? Doing the research, I found something that would have made editing easy and seamless and makes the podcasting experience just that much easier. And I am talking about Ludo. This is a podcast software that I use for editing of our episodes. It is amazing. It is easy. You're also able to get help from doing chats and getting the information that maybe you just need a little more help with. They also have access to different articles that can also help you that have been just godsends for me. Also with Aludu, you can create clips, you can do your ads, just like this very one I'm doing right now, and you can create your trailer very seamlessly just by the clicks of buttons. You can also use Aludu to publish your episodes just straight from the software. It's so easy. I highly, highly recommend it. You can get access to Aludu by using our unique link, which you can find on our show notes, just down there at the bottom at the show notes. And you can get access to an easy software.